We'll reset. I've been hoping all day the whole thing will get scrapped after we get <laughs> <laughs> That's still a possibility. Yeah, no. But afterwards, can we record a demo that I can send to Puffy? <laughs> <laughs> because like I said, I've never been in the Is booth. These days? Could, you, could, you, <laughs> could you rap something for us? A rap song, rap song, something like that. Yeah, that's perfect. Here, bring this one down a little bit so yeah. it's more like a comfortable oh, hike for you. Hey, oh, there we go. <laughs> is that better? That's how it is at my rap shows, <laughs> but at an angle. You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast of the Village Church. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with Groups Minister Justin Ellafrost. Justin, how you doing today? Great. I'm excited to be here. Good. I'm glad you're here, too. And I'm here with my beautiful, wonderful, hilarious wife, Chelsea Lane Griffin. Chelsea, how are you? I'm good. Don't put pressure on me to be hilarious. <laughs> unbelievable intro. Sorry, baby. On this episode, we're going to take a look at the topic of comedy, humor, satire, and the role it plays in popular culture, which is a big role. So we're going to talk about that and how it connects to the Christian life. Justin and Chelsea are here for very specific reasons today to talk about comedy. I chose you guys specifically, one, because Chelsea, Chelsea, uh, no pressure, but she really is hilarious. Chelsea, you may not know this, Justin, but was voted most humorous by Bowie High School class of 2000 and... Not important. Okay. <laughs> oh, I believe it. And yeah. Justin Elfross is here because Chelsea does not laugh at things I say, but Justin does. And so at this will be a yeah. good comedy circle. Chelsea... It does think you would affirm that I can be funny, right? Yes. Later into the evening, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> if the day gets long enough, and as I lower my threshold um, <laughs> for for the tipping point into actual LOLs, um, yeah, you get real funny. Thank you, but uh, she, her standards are very high for comedy, and I don't always meet those standards, which is why Justin, with low standards for comedy, well, is here very today. Low, that's right. Yes, yeah. thank you. So I'm so glad you guys are both here, Justin, Chelsea, and I. Yeah, we love each other, but we also love you, man. We're love really you glad you're here. Chelsea yeah. and I, we finish each other's um, S- science sandwiches? experiments. Oh. Science experiments, I was going <laughs> to say. I knew it. No, but that was so close. <laughs> we're so close. Justin, thank you for laughing and meeting the exact reason <laughs> uh, you're here. Well, let's jump right in. Why Why would we choose to do, we the Village Church, choose to do an episode on comedy and satire? Obviously, this is a culture matters, culture podcast about things to do with culture, but why talk about comedy? Does it have any influence on culture? Why would we talk about this? <laughs> and your answer's got to be good. It's got to be impressive. We had a drum roll. Now, I had no idea I was going to be asked real questions. <laughs> and I think this is a good time to tell listeners that I am I am here against my will. And I thought that the guest of your choice had canceled at the last minute, at which point you made your wife the guest. I have never made my wife anything. Oh. Hello. Um, <laughs> Justin, does comedy, how about in your home, man? Are you guys pretty funny around the house? Do you feel like your kids enjoy humor? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I've always kind of admired <clears throat> those that um, are able to, to honestly make their their families laugh um, consistently, you know, and that's just something that I just think is really fun. It brings a, a different dynamic to the family. 
Um, you know, my wife and I kind of play, you know, off each other a little bit, just like you guys do, which I've just seen like in us. your home. That's right. right. Um, but, you know, th- usually there's one parent or, or someone that just kind of brings that extra energy and fun. And um, it honestly, so I got three kiddos at home and um, and it's just a blast to be able to laugh with them and to make them laugh and to see the joy that kind of comes out with them. And I mean, it's a huge deal in our culture. Right. And, and we were talking a little bit before the show in the sense of um, us. Yeah, there we go. Got it for you. Um uh, but yeah, we were talking that, um, the, the, those that it's something that draws all of us together. It's something that is not even just, I mean, Christians, but just to believe or all people in general, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that draws us out. It builds community. It brings us together. Um, there's a reason why we go out to shows to be able to go and watch people, um, speak for 45 minutes. And, yeah. um, and so I think there's a lot that's there that actually speaks pretty deeply to the core of who we are. Um, yeah. so I think it's a huge reason why we'd be able to talk about some of these things. Yeah. In community, Comedy literally eases tension, right? And in our yeah. families, I can't think of anything that delights me more in our home outside of seeing our kids calling after the name of Christ. It is a delight to see my kids also giggling, laughing, enjoying time together. I just, those are some of my sweetest memories is my kids' hardest laughs. Mm-hmm. And even looking back at video, I have this little video of our youngest son, Theodore, where he just laughs. I've, I've watched that more than probably anything else we've recorded. Nothing else is happening except him cracking up. And I just love it. It's awesome. So I love the fun we have in our house. Chelsea, would you affirm as our house? There's some comedy on occasion. Yeah, and I think that your comedy is just really targeted at the the young mind. Yes. And and so get me. Yeah, and I feel like when they turn a certain corner, they're going to start to think that I'm really funny too. Um, Eventually, yeah, like yeah, when they're like 12 or so, and they'll go, "Oh, like Dad, you never told us Mom was funny." And, uh, you know, you'll just say she was holding back and just let me do my thing. And uh, so our kids think you're hilarious. and For a season. And then they'll they'll outgrow my humor. For a time such as this, yeah. (laughs) And uh, and then they'll grow into something really, really ripe. (laughs) Something better, I think, is what you're about to say. I didn't say that. You (laughs) said that. (laughs) I don't want to put words in your mouth. But I think even, like, physiologically, you know, where it brings out where you talked about, you know, the laugh that you – the video that you have your kid. I have the same thing. And it just just brings a smile. Like, it's just fun to – I remember Beckham, who's my middle child, he's – he was, like, six months – at maybe about six months, maybe a year at the time. And just the gut laugh that he had at his brother and just how – it's like him in this small body is the same laughter that he has now. And just how much joy it brings to me and just to our whole family. It's just fun. And it just lifts our spirits, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's really hard for me right now not to bring up situations where I have seen you, Justin, laugh at my kids <laughs> yes. for things that are not funny to my family. But Very I won't funny. go there. But uh, I have the video. I'm just I, I do have videos of something yeah. terrible happening to my son and Justin dying laughing about it. it. Pretty, pretty awesome. And then there's comedy also to make a point about things. So let's talk about in in Christian culture, but also in the culture at large. Satire uh, is one of the topics we're talking about today, which is comedy to try to get a point across. So we'll talk a little bit about that as far as sermons go as well. Sermons are an opportunity to use comedy to to engage people. There's a version of comedy called satire where you're using comedy in order to try to achieve something that maybe couldn't be achieved without that strategy, without satire. So Babylon B is the example that comes immediately to mind for most Christians these days. It's a satirical website. I, I assume, Justin, Chelsea, you guys are familiar with the Babylon B? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Have you, just for those who maybe are totally unfamiliar, give me an example, maybe a, a title of an article at the Babylon B that uh, cracked you up or you thought was funny or was a good example of satire. Do you have any off the top of your head? I think about, uh, well, some of the ones from Babylon B are like, 
you know, funny because they're true maybe. <laughs> so then you kind of exactly. cringe a little. Yeah. Yeah. The one about like all the people in the church who try to brew their own craft beer, but they do it just to like mask alcoholism. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it is a little funny though. Yeah. The one about uh, where Chandler's arm movements on stage accidentally landed a plane yeah. um, was one of my favorites. So there it was have like, been a couple Chandler ones. There was another one. The about Chick-fil-A the dr- one asking the, asking the drive-thru girl if she's tracking with him <laughs> over and over. And what's so great is the picture that is on that article because like you know the three-fourths of his torso and his head is like out the window and his arms and he is He's you know coming at that drive through d- yeah girl. demanding that this drive through girl begins to track with him and uh so those ones to me really crack me up those, those are, are hilarious some of the other someone some of them kind of like you're saying that it's satire it's to make a point like yeah. after like kind of a pro women's march saying like pointing out that a hundred percent of the people there had been allowed to be born, oh, yeah. um, kind yeah, of yeah. just taking a jab at abortion of like, you're here to celebrate abortions, right? abortion rights, but right. take note that you were not aborted. And it's the only reason that you're allowed to be here and do that. So it is kind of funny. And also they're, they're they are, they're making a point yeah. um, and using, using something funny to do it, which I think those I think are great examples fine. of yeah. kind of the spectrum of what Babylon B can do is like, there's ones that just are there to make you laugh and chuckle about things like Matt Chandler. But then there's other ones, these satirical examples that say, hey, look at our culture and look at how... Um, yeah, how- look at some of the silliness yeah. that we tolerate. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even for some of the Babylon B, literally the first one that came up was pastor pulls back muscle while attempting to unpack heavy Bible text. <laughs> I just think like a lot of these things are what I think would make them so funny. And to go back to your point that you're talking about, Chelsea, um, where there's a point to a lot of these things is the fact that there's a kernel of truth in a lot of them. And yeah. so it's mm-hmm. kind of like, man, I'm laughing hysterically at that. And then I'm like, man, that's, that's kind of true. Like we do yeah. those things or yeah, yeah. it's alcoholism or it is like whatever it might be. And, um, yeah. and those, those actually hit a different level for me in, in a way that's really helpful as, as I think about growth and moving forward. And that's excellent. Cause I do think what we're hitting on right here is the point of why the Babylon B started and exists is they want to create these thoughts and these conversations. And so for the sake of today's conversation, we we uh, interviewed Kyle Mann, who's the head writer at the Babylon Bee, which is the Christian satire website that we're talking about. And we'll get to hear a little bit from him about the background of Babylon Bee and why they do what they do. My name's Kyle, uh, Kyle Mann, and I am the head writer at the Babylon Bee. Uh, a lot of the content, uh, coming up with ideas, filling out other people's ideas, uh, producing a lot of articles for publication. I probably write uh, three or four articles a day, uh, Monday through Friday, and the occasional when the world just needs that much more Christian satire. And, uh, <laughs> and so that's what I do. Uh, and yeah, so it's, it's, mostly what I do is write articles, sometimes edit other people's and do Photoshop. That does sound like fun. Tell us, for those who don't know, yeah. what is the Babylon Bee? The Babylon Bee is uh, the most accurate source of news on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a satire site, so we publish uh, humor, you know, humorous articles uh, that hopefully make some kind of a point have some kind of a point to them and usually focus around uh, Christian culture and, and the American Christian subculture. Gotcha. Is that kind of, is that a little bit of your definition of satire? Is that what you would call it? Yeah. Or, um, and if it is, what do you think, like, what do you think makes it good? What does good satire look like? Yeah, satire, it really is humor with a point. Um, you know, you can, you can go tell 
and, and it's not necessarily satire. But if you make a joke about something that we see as uh, as being a, a flaw or um, we, something that, as Christians, is something that we see as being sinful or something that we see maybe being uh, something weird that we do as Christians that we kind of ask ourselves the question, like, what, like why do we do this? <laughs> why, as, a, as Christians, have we developed this tradition or that tradition that maybe isn't entirely biblical? And if you make if you joke or a humorous, you know, play on words, and in our case, we do kind of news articles that make uh, that make a joke, but then also make a point. Um, we like to say, you know, it makes you laugh and then it makes you think. So that that really is what satire. I think I think good satire um, has both of those things in equal measure. You know, maybe maybe when you first read it, you laugh and you say, "This is this is hilarious." And then, you know, as you finish up reading our articles, and uh, when we write good satire, uh, it comes across <laughs> as uh, as something that uh, leaves you leaves you thinking afterwards, and, and kind of leaves you with a question of of uh, is is this some, is this an area that I've done or the other, and is this something that that I need to correct in my life? That's great. I'll be honest. I'm a huge fan of a lot of what you guys write. I think it's hilarious. I think it does, there are a lot of things that make you think on there. But tell me this, because I'm very curious, honestly. How, what percent of the ideas that you guys throw around in the room or the editors come across, what percent is actually making it to the website? And what are you guys throwing out as like, man, that's just not funny or it's just too true? Oh, man, that's or a, yeah, That's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. I think um, I have like whenever I get an idea, I go to my email, I go to my, my email account and I just, I just type up a draft on my phone or my, my, uh, uh, my computer and I'll just type up a little headline and then I'll, I'll kind of keep it for later. And then throw But I think I have like 2,500 of those oh my sitting goodness. in my, in my email drafts. And, and, you know, we have other writers that throw out ideas. Uh, I would say we probably publish 5%, 10% of, wow. of Closer to five percent of what we uh, of what we kick around. And is part of, is part of your work? Is it the creative process of bouncing it off and collaborating? Is that how you find if it's a good idea? Is it bouncing it in the office, or do you feel like as the editor you feel confident I can just post this? This is going to be great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I wish we had an office where <laughs> we we, uh, we we really don't. We we kick things around on a on an online group and uh, a little online forum, and that's that's how we do most of our collaboration. Or just. And I'll send uh, Adam Ford is the uh, is the owner of the B and the and the editor, and he uh, you know I'll send him an idea on text or chat or, or we'll throw ideas around in an online group and uh, and bounce ideas off each other, and that's a lot of where the process is just iteration. Yeah, and you'll come up with something, and you know you know maybe there's a kernel of an idea there, but uh, it's not perfectly fashioned, or maybe there's a better target for it somewhere down the road, or maybe there's better timing for it sometime later, and so that's all part of the creative process. I love that. Can you help us real quick, just uh, clarifying a difference here? What's the difference between what you guys would do, which you would call satire, humor with kind of a point, and what is just spoofing something or making fun of somebody? What is the difference? Yeah, um, I don't know what the dictionary definitions are, but uh, you know, I think a spoof is a spoof tends to be more just silly. Uh, you know, you want to you want to make fun of uh, the fantasy genre or the sci. So you make a spoof of that of that genre, you know, whether we're talking about literature or, or film or a TV show or whatever, you know, that's all that's all spoof, and and it'll make people laugh in kind of a lighthearted way, like oh that's that's recognize those tropes from mm-hmm. when I watched Star Wars or whatever, 
and and it'll make you laugh. Uh, I, where satire has more of a sting to it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I was actually watching a Christian movie called Spaceballs. Um, <laughs> I think Kirk Cameron starred in, in that one. But uh, <laughs> I was I was watching the great satirical work of Spaceballs last night, and uh, you know it, it's 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 like ninety five percent just silly spoof. Yeah. But then there are there are things in there that that make you think, you know, uh, and then they're just little satirical things like, uh, you know, there's there's that whole bit about merchandising, yeah, and they're obviously taking a jab at at you know consumerism and, and just turn into these big merchandising giants, and, you know, and so spoof and satire can can go hand in hand, and you're always going to have some overlap, you know. So we'll have articles that spoof things, yeah, in uh, in the format that we write spoof of uh you know your local news section in your newspaper or or the new york times or whatever it, it is a it is a parody or a spoof of those things uh but contained within that vehicle is gotcha so there is some overlap so when you guys started babylon b and started writing these things was the goal we want to make people think so let's do it in a funny way or was it man we want to make people laugh but let's have a purpose to it or was were all those things kind of mixed together together uh all of those things uh we did not want to do just another uh comedy uh, another christian attempt at comedy um because some a lot of that has fallen flat and you know we, we do like some christian stuff uh that, that is out there but it tends to be more just super lighthearted, uh you know make you laugh about little things that we do in church and you know and we we make fun of that kind of stuff too and that that's fine that's great um, but it, it really stemmed from uh, the fact that there wasn't really anybody out there putting out Christian satire, at least not on the you know day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis that we wanted to see. Uh, we, we wanted to be able to respond to current events and uh, in conversations that we have within the church and within evangelicalism. So we feel approaching it kind of from the side instead of from straight on via satire is something maybe some people will connect with in a way that they won't with, uh, you know, a more straight-faced article. So I'd imagine in your line of work, two things in particular that crossed my mind that I would think you'd probably have to deal with on a regular basis is one, crowds of people thinking, hey, you went too far or that's offensive. And then crowds of people who believe something that's supposed to be satirical, but there's people that believe it's true. Are those those two things pretty common for you or am I making that up? <laughs> uh, it's funny. Yeah, it, totally. It's funny that you asked that. We, uh, Published an article. We reposted an article we wrote a year or two ago on uh, uh, the church computer finally gets upgraded to Windows 98. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know that's the, the headline, and we reposted it today. And there was people that were, that were mad about it. You know that <laughs> making fun of. I don't even know why they were mad. You know, you're making fun of uh, churches that are trying to reach people with technology or something. And it's like, come on, like <laughs> <laughs> you so just some I, people you, you just know, want so them to have a sense of humor. Exactly. It's, we do we can we we will always be being told that we you know went too far or or, or whatever and uh you know obviously we're not perfect there's you know times that you could you could go too far absolutely and, you know it's interesting it's interesting is look at uh secular satire something like the onion or you know stuff that they do on saturday night live or whatever there really is no they really have no moral boundary for how far they, they will go and so it's almost a, a more interesting creative uh, to write Christian satire, you know, because you ha- you, you're trying to write things that not only uh, 
not only make people laugh and make people think, but also fall within the biblical worldview, you know, that we hope that we're helping to uh, fight. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely could go too far, and I, I think it's, it's a constant struggle, and it's it's always a gut check for us when we when we publish an article, you know, did before we click publish, <laughs> you know, is this <laughs> something that is this going to be helpful or is this, you know. Well, let me ask you something about that. So it sounds like you've got you've got thousands of ideas, and a lot of them don't even make it out. Why is it easy for you to to write satire about Christian culture, or is it just so important that you put so much energy into it, or is it a little bit of both, where uh, it's important to have some satire for our culture, and and it it may be hard, but maybe it comes to you really easily. It seems like a, a lot of us enjoy it because it's not so easy for us, but maybe for you and Adam, it just it just flows. You know, it's a little bit of both. Um, it, it's certainly easy to write about American Christianity in, in one sense because uh, there are so many things that we do that we feel just aren't um, broadly within evangelicalism that that uh, there's so many things that we do that aren't biblical. Um, and so, on the one hand, you you know, we live in a culture where uh, where pastors are are funding $65 million jets, and, and uh, you know, so on, on the one hand, you can you can look at the ridiculousness of some of the stuff that a lot of a lot of Christianity has embraced, and you can say, yeah, that's really easy to write satire on. But, and, you know, it's 2018, and a lot of the news that we see out there is like, like, is this real? Is this, <laughs> you know, is this a satire site, or is this the New York Times, or... Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I'll be honest. You know, so I've we, I've, so I've we, had double takes when I see some of your articles come out of like, is this is this a reality? I got to check the source. You know, and go, oh, okay. Now it makes a little more sense yeah, most mean, of we, the time. We've been we've been on Snopes. Uh, you know, we we've, we've had our articles checked fact checked by Snopes a dozen <laughs> times. You know, and that's hilarious. Some of the ones that get fact checked, you're just like, really? Like, did anybody really believe that was? <laughs> but you know, there's crazier things have happened. I guess. Yeah. So is that, well, I guess I want to switch gears a little bit. I know you guys have a brand new book coming out, How to Be a Perfect Christian. And I obviously haven't read it. It's not out yet. But what is, is that kind of capturing all that we're talking about right now, the idea of uh, Christian culture, biblical worldview? Is it satire like we would have at Babylon B, or is it kind of jumping off point from that to something else? What are you guys addressing? Yeah, it is, it is uh, 100% new material. It is completely satire. And uh, it is focused on stripping away the trappings of American Christianity and trying to, through satire, point out silly things that we do and get people to refocus on a biblical gospel of God's grace. And that's really what we wanted to focus on. Um, that's just always been a big thing for me. Uh, I grew up in, I grew up within uh, evangelicalism, and. Uh, didn't really have a solid, grounded faith, at least not one that was grounded on the Word of God. And uh, as I grew up through high school and college and stuff, I, I started thinking about it, and I had pastors that started preaching the Word of God to me, and I, and I realized that all this stuff that I kind of put my trust in, I kind of put my faith in, was, was just junk. Hmm. It wasn't, um, it, you know, things like getting, getting the... Uh, getting the 10-year award at Awana or, <laughs> you know, at, yeah. at an Awana Bible Club or, or you know, whatever, being the hearing at church. And, you know, not that those are bad things, but those, aren't, those things are not foundational for our faith. 
you know, and, and so many of us who have grown up in Christian culture have experienced those moments of legalism, where we we start to we start to own personal experience with American modern Christianity, and we start to equate that with uh, with the biblical gospel. And I think that's 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 dangerous. So now that you've been doing the Babylon Bee for a few years. Can you point to some successes and failures in that? Have there maybe not in, even in that specifically, but just in general, are there lessons you guys have learned now that you've been doing the Babylon you know, Bee for a while? Well, we're perfect. I mean, so <laughs> that's why we we're writing we the book, right? <laughs> we, perfection: how to be a perfect Christian. So, I mean, yeah. No, um, I, I think it's 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 definitely been a learning experience for all of us, right from the beginning, and and I can't think of any specific my head, but I know early on, you know, we'd publish an article and thinking, oh, this is classic, you know, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't connect at all. You know, nobody, nobody shared it. You, you weren't getting any response. And you're like, oh, you know, maybe that maybe it wasn't close. Um, and on the other hand, you'd have ones that just uh, erupted in this, you know, firestorm of controversy. And you're like, whoa, we didn't, <laughs> this is something I, I tapped out on my lunch break and I didn't even, uh, <laughs> I think it was, I didn't. Oh, by the way, I have a, an office job, so you know. So I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be doing something else, and then and then check my my Facebook or my email or whatever, and it's like, whoa! <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize this was going to touch a nerve. So I, I think we've definitely to the pulse of of uh, our audience um, to where we, we we have a better idea of when something is gonna is gonna hit that nerve, and maybe when we should hold off on it, and maybe the timing's insensitive or not right. Gotcha. Well, um, for those listening, if you want to read more of the Babylon Bee, it's the Babylon Bee, or it's BabylonBee.com. You can read some of Kyle's work there. And then the new book, it it hits everywhere here. uh, What's the date that the book actually gets released, Kyle? May 1st. So uh, go ahead and check that out on Amazon, any place you get your books. Kyle, thank you so much for your time today. And thanks for your hard work making us laugh, man. Seriously, it brings levity to my day sometimes just to check what did the Babylon put out today. I appreciate that. All right, so that was our conversation with Kyle Mann from the Babylon Bee. I, I do, thank you, thank you. <laughs> there are... Uh, uh, like Chelsea said before we talked to him, I think there is kind of a spectrum of what they are able to accomplish and what they do well. Some of it just makes you laugh. I think of the article they wrote about Taylor Swift's new song, Look What You Made Me Do, and how it was going to be entered into a, a Calvinist hymnal, which <laughs> 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 is so funny. But that, and one of their really popular articles is when there was a terrible hurricane in Houston, mm. and he started mocking Joel Osteen driving yes. his, uh, his boat through the flood. <laughs> it was after they had refused to kind of take people into the big stadium where their mm. church meets. And it talked about him driving his boat through the city and throwing out copies of your best life now to people on their rooftops <laughs> during the flood, which is kind of funny. But isn't there is there a version of Babylon B that maybe is either too on the nose, like, hey, that's it's kind of not funny because it's because it's too true. Or uh, is there a version where, hey, are we making fun of the kingdom of God in a way that maybe we should be building up the kingdom of God? Other people, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are really big ramifications for some of the things that we say and do. And so even for that Joel Osteen thing, I mean, when we talked about before there being a kernel of truth, well, for some of these things, it's all the way true. It's 100% true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that there are real ramifications to some of those things. And so I think we need to be really careful sometimes. And um, comedy and satire can be really (laughs) useful, but um, we need to be careful with how we use it sometimes because it really does have effects on people and sits on people in different ways. And and not only that, but calls back to some of their story from their childhood and some things like that um, that are really important to think about. 
Yeah, I agree with everything Justin says, typically. Um, Thanks, Jels. No, I was just going to say, you know, the things that are the things they do that are pointed outside at the culture sometimes do make this really kind of insightful point about something our, our culture does that, you know, um, needs to be reconciled with reality or is unethical or something like that. But I think when they do that, it kind of um, kind of corroborates the story that, Christians can be identified by like what we're against rather yeah. than what we're for kind of thing. That's a great point. When Babylon B does the ones that make fun of us, mm-hmm. I love it because because I think self-deprecating humor is is a high form of humor. Yeah. And um you know some again some people have the idea that Christians that we feel real good about ourselves, that we think we're awesome or that we're better than other people and to just have something out there that is pointing humor at our own idiotic tendencies or yeah Yeah. just silly things um just shows you know just creates a a good place to see that we can laugh at ourselves because the real essence of christianity is us falling on our face before the lord to say we are completely insufficient we fall at your feet we need mercy and so they just use comedy to just kind of make light of some of that and let people laugh at ourselves that's excellent i i do like to imagine as a christian I, i grew up in a tradition that we didn't talk about the lord laughing or god's laughter but i do think it's important to remind people that laughter is a gift from God. Right. I, I do imagine that yeah. humor is not always something that is inappropriate. There are absolutely appropriate moments to laugh together. And I appreciate having a pastor and Matt Chandler who is really funny. I yeah. think yeah. that's one of his strengths is he is legitimately funny. He doesn't uh, have to put a lot of effort in. It's funny. And as we kind of wrap up this talk, one of the things we wanted to talk about was the use of humor in preaching. Now, Justin, Chelsea, you guys have you guys have been Christians for a while. You have seen a lot of sermons. You've heard a lot of teaching of the Bible. You've been parts of different churches. So you've probably seen humor used different ways. And as we thought about this, um, the place of comedy in preaching, I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, what what is a good use of humor in a sermon? Why 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 is it important for it to be humorous? And why is it uh, why do we not want to put an overemphasis on humor in the sermon? What do you guys think? Yeah, um, honestly, the first uh, time that we talked about actually doing comedy and satire as a part of Culture Matters, the first story that I thought was actually really similar to what you just said, Adam, when I was growing up, I was in a church that was fairly conservative, and a huge thing that I would every single time walk into the worship center or or sanctuary, as we called it at the time, was this is a really serious thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is very, very serious. And so uh, that's just what I heard constantly from parents and others um, that were at the church. And of course, like, of course, I don't want to say anything against that. Yeah. But I think what it did for me, too, is that it kind of gave me a picture that God isn't joyful, that he Mm. didn't invent laughter, that laughter is a gift. And so in a lot of ways, I viewed God as a killjoy, somebody that was just Mm. trying to take joy from me. But in reality, as um, people made after the image of God and as image bearers, we are, I mean, even when we were talking about earlier with our families, like yeah. we are uh, image bearers for our kids about who God is. And so as we think about preaching, um, we have to model that as well. And so that's why I so appreciate Matt and the way that he thinks about things that way and, and is able just to, it comes naturally and it draws people in. It really does and breaks down some of those walls and barriers, but it also represents who God is and how, and of course yeah. we are serious but at the very same time, he's, he's joyful and, and laughter. I mean, we're commanded to celebrate in the scriptures. Like, yeah, that's and, a huge thing. And there are times to be so reverent Absolutely. that humor is yep. inappropriate. Absolutely. I do believe that. Yep. There, are, like, there are times where joking might distract from what we're trying to accomplish. Yep. But sure. Chelsea, any thoughts on the importance of humor in sermons or in church work? Yeah, I mean, 
Again, something I think Chandler is so good at is pointing out something about ourselves that kind of just makes us laugh at ourselves. And we kind of drop that guard where we want to take ourselves seriously, believe that we've got some things handled. And he just he's so great at lightening that moment and also pointing out that some things we think we're good at. We're not we're not as good as we think we are. Um, And so he does he does great work at that. I think something we've experienced at the village is knowing that there are people who because of the way Chandler is come to be entertained yeah, and yeah, it yeah. kind of can put this pressure on church or ministry to always be this kind of song and dance, um, little circus show for people to make sure that they're constantly entertained and constantly having a good time when, you know, like you said, some moments are, are about reverence. Some moments are about confession. And, and so sometimes those things just aren't funny, but it doesn't mean that, that comedy is not a gift. And right. of course, if people come to church only seeking to be entertained or in their own amusement is is an idol for them, no part of that is, is Matt Chandler's folly. You know right. what I mean? Um, pastors who can preach the word and also make jokes and be funny, that that's yeah. a gift. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a gift, and not everybody has it. There yeah. are some pastors that try really hard to be funny, and they are— not funny. Their comedy might be distracting. So I do think and it's And that important. is very stressful for me. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if somebody sees Matt preaching and then they get the chance to preach and they think, uh, one of my goals is to be as funny as Matt. Right. Instead of saying just, how did the Lord make yeah, you to dear preach? Dear Lord, yeah. There's no, no pressure here. Yeah, save us from that. Yeah, no yes. pressure. But there... Um, there is a version, though, of saying, like, what is your gift for communication and how do you engage the people? Matt's very engaging through his yeah. humor. And uh, I think what we're talking about is is what makes preaching good is the ability to get to the heart of the person you're talking to right. and bring them into it, which Matt is very good at through humor. There are yes. a lot of pastors that are not good at doing that through humor, but there, um, there's certainly a lot of effort into it. I know, especially in a model like ours and maybe our culture like ours, laughter is one of the few common responses during a sermon. So pastors feel the pressure to say something funny so they can have the people responding to them. It can, it can kind of urge you along your way or kind of pump you up as you're going. Since we are in a tradition that's always yelling out and encouraging and clapping and, and super engaged, laughter is one of the few things that we, we Mm -hmm. do. So I know a lot of pastors seek that affirmation while they're preaching of attention, of just that the people are with me. Which is a, pro- the, a problem, right? Yeah. The, if, okay. If what you're chasing is, do these people <laughs> right. like me while right. you're preaching, that's a problem. Right. Yeah. And, and, we, I, and I think we see a freedom in a lot of pastors, you know, certain pastors li- like our own. And, and I, I see that in you, Adam, that, you know, if you say something that's funny, that's great. But, you know, Lord help us if our pastors are up there going, gosh, I hope they like me. Yeah. And we've seen the ramifications of that with some pastors, right, all around the country that we've seen the ways that that has gone. And so there are parameters in scripture that we even see there that has to um, kind of keep us on course. You know, you think about Philippians 4, 8, and whatever is true and noble and right and good, and that some try so hard that it, it kind of crosses a line and yeah. and really is, uh, I would say, defaming in a lot of ways the, the gospel that we are preaching. That's excellent. I the comedy that our culture takes in, I mean, yeah. stand-up is probably the most obvious version of it, but there's also other, I mean, there's sitcoms, there's the highest form of humor, which is 30 Rock, right, Chelsea? Yes. Okay, and then there's <laughs> there's Big Bang Theory, which is probably the other end of the spectrum, right, Chelsea? Yeah, that and puns. Okay, and puns. <laughs> and certain, yeah. Which is great. I'm glad, your, your spectrum is so clearly drawn out. Uh, want to hear a joke about a piece of paper? Yeah, I do want to hear a joke about a piece of paper. Never mind, it's terrible. Because you can tear people. Oh, 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 I got you it. You kind of need to see it written down. To <laughs> oh, really that's get true. It. oh, I got it. That is true. Terrible. Anyway, terrible. bam, done. That was terrible. So. 
But there, there is a version of stand-up comedy that I think influences a lot of pastors. I know Matt has talked about how he has been influenced in his presentation by the way stand-up comics give. But there's also a lot of stand-up comics in our culture that that might be that have the capability of being so funny and yet are so vulgar. Why is it that our culture loves vulgarity in comedy? What is funny about vulgarity? Well, I think, I mean. A lot of us can enjoy a well-timed curse word. Um, <laughs> I know I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, not that I would ever say curse words, and but sometimes I laugh when other people do. <laughs> yes, never. Yeah, I'm a mom. <laughs> um, but any, anyhow, I mean, I'm a nurse. I see. I, we have a doctor that has just an unbelievably foul mouth, and it's just so shocking sometimes the things that she says to her patients. Um, and it just sometimes I like I go home and I'll think about something she said later and I just giggle to myself thinking about some of the things that come out of her mouth. But I, I don't ever want to say those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be known for that. But um no, I I wish that there was I mean, Adam and I have we've experienced this just trying to find things to watch, you know, just to say, Oh, let's we have this time together, let's let's watch a show or a movie and then yeah. quickly find out that there's something about it that's so explicit that it just kind of violates our conscience to sit there and try to be amused by it, you know. So Yeah. And I think amused by it is, is a good word for our culture. There's a drive in us to be amused by something, to mm-hmm. have entertainment is such a passive uh hobby where yeah. I sit back and somebody else does something so I can enjoy it and so I get to sit back and do nothing. And I don't ever want the church to be a place of entertainment. Right. I'm all for engagement. I'm all for comedy for the sake of engagement. The comedy for the sake of entertainment, where I put on a show so that you can sit there and do nothing and you walk away feeling good about yourself, that that's not the purpose of the church. The no. church is, a, is an active group of people about the gospel for the sake of the gospel. And if, and if humor is a way to get the people engaged so that they hear, understand, and are taught God's word, right. then I am all for it. Right. If we're yeah. just entertained and no one's being changed. There's yes. no there's no change being cultivated in, in the hearts of men and women, then yeah, it, it's just idle. That's waste. Yeah. So. I totally agree. All right, just as we close out, let's talk about real quick. We we mentioned this a little bit. We touched on it, but how can you equip the the Christian people who are listening to this? How do they gauge uh, what's okay to listen to and not? Is it just my conscience? Is it if it as long as I'm okay with it, it's okay? Or are there things you think we need to really put up guardrails around, even if it would crack you up to watch it, even if it would crack you up to listen to it? There's probably still some influences that we would warn against. Or are there things that we can draw really clear lines for? Or is, is it kind of is it a little gray? I think it is a little gray. Um, I, I personally, I tend to land. My wife and I tend to land pretty conservatively on this. Um, I, you know, I want to be able to guard my home. And before that used to be from a physical standpoint, you're guarding the door. Now it's a, I have to guard the internet. I have to guard Netflix. I have to guard the door. I, have to, I mean, everything, right? Yeah. So it's a way different story today for my kids as I think through that. And so I tend to be a little bit more conservative on those things. But you know, what's really interesting is that when I was 18, the things I think about the things that I was laughing at yeah. and, you know, we're just really, <laughs> just really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, for example, and, for example, just <laughs> um, even just old SNL things like that. And, yeah. and I South just, Park. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't old enough for that, Chelsea. Whoa. It's still on the air. Come on. Seems uh, like an accusation. Really? Oh, gosh. You really okay. never watched South Park? That was an accusation towards you. Oh, <laughs> okay. but anyway. it was funny. Uh, was just a little yeah, too much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, but you know, but seriously, as I think back at that and, and I'm kind of ashamed at some of the things that I used to laugh at. So I think there's a maturity, 
um, you know, issue there where it, somewhere, it is somewhat gray in that sense, but I sure. do think we need to be way more careful what we're allowing into our homes and our minds, and it, it really does affect, um, especially as for most of us, we're going back to the entertainment culture, yeah. especially at a lot of our churches in the West. Uh, in, in the West. Um, for most people, it's an entertainment culture, and so they're going to come and they're just going to sit and they're going to watch. And so you're talking about maybe an hour and 15 minutes shaping your mind, and yet every single night you're spending, I don't know what the statistics say today, maybe six to seven hours on technology, wow. whether that's news or uh, video or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's shaping you a heck of a lot more than an hour and 15-minute sermon. And so we need to be really careful what we do. I think there, there's a joy—I'm sorry, I think there's a um, there's there's comedy and, I think, and joy within that and laughter. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also a holy joy that kind of plays into that, that that we need to start thinking about. I love that you took it home there, too. I think the home is such a great example for those of us who have young kids. It's really clear to see that humor is something that matures. Like, what my kids think is funny is different than what I think is funny. They were cracking up the other day watching— a cartoon where a hamster had a bunch of seeds in its cheeks and then spit them out. They they were dying laughing. I did not find that as humorous. But uh, what Chelsea and I watch and engage in is stuff that we would not uh, show them. They would not think is funny. They would not get it. And so our senses of humor mature, but also in our own homes, we have the opportunity as parents to guard those things for someone else and then also to maturely guard them for ourselves. There is absolutely a ton of content that our culture pumps out that does not have the same worldview as us. And we... It, it's not about, am I strong enough to watch that? It's like, right. is this godly? Is this obedient to Christ to spend my life yeah. watching this or engaging in this? And how does this influence me? And that, those aren't always clear lines, uh, but they certainly are. I, I, I like being conservative about those things as well. I mean, I think about, is it building up in faith, hope, and love? You know, and those right. are the things that as believers, we're building our lives around. That's what the gospel is built around. And so as I think about those things, I, I just be honest, I'm just kind of sick and tired of the excuses that people make about what they watch. And this isn't just comedy now. This is sure. other things too. And um, I, I'm just kind of sick and tired of the, of the excuses that people make. Um, and I think that we really need to start thinking about that well. That's good. So in the things that we do expose ourselves to, the comedy that we do enjoy, whether it's from the culture or from the pulpit, how can we as a church, how do we bring more joy and critique of comedy in our lives, homes, and communities? Like, How, how can we, to bring this to the ground level, I'm talking about comedy, humor, satire, how can we, uh, here a mom and a dad, a husband and wife, Justin, you're a pastor at this church, how, do you, how does comedy come to bear on our gospel work? What, does it serve any purpose for us whatsoever, or is it just to be a break to what we're actually doing? As believers in the church, I want us to be a joyful people. Um, and, you know, there's so many, what are what we often talk about is like the one another's in the scripture that we love one another and encourage one another and all those um, things that, that the scriptures tell us we need to do. All of those imply friendship, right? right? And it's like, do you have any friends that you don't ever laugh with? You're probably not friends yeah. <laughs> if you've never laughed over something together, right? That's just such a common bond. That's part of a relationship. And so for the church to be a family and to be the body of Christ, I think there's an implication that, of course, we have fun together. We laugh together Um I think I think it's Jen Wilkin that I've seen write about victimless humor, mm. um, which again, you know, raises the bar um, because sometimes it can be easy just to poke fun at someone who doesn't think like us or um, to use satire in a way that's really actually hateful. You know, yeah. that we're really just shaming someone else for thinking something we don't think or something like that, um, but really setting the bar a little bit higher to have some victimless humor. And because God is the author of laughter and joy. 
this is possible that we can we can laugh together and have genuine fun um, and it doesn't always have to be something that berates someone else um, or you know breaks down another person or something like that so um, I think we can push for it and, and experience that joy in the church and at the same time fight the idolatry that that exists in our hearts to always be entertained and to always be at ease um, when the Lord's called us to a strenuous life but he's gracious and given us joy and laughter too. If there's anything you heard on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find details on our website. Today's episode was produced by David Roark and edited and mixed by Chris Starrett. And on our next episode, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have a special surprise. So special, in fact, I don't even know what that means, but something is going to shock us all. So we'll see you next time, and God bless. Should I stay in here for my recording? Yes. Could you do a little? For my demo. (laughs) You want a freestyle? Can we get a beat? The morning without giving you half of my dough and even worse if I was broke. Would you want me if I couldn't get you finer things like all them diamond rings? Please kill for